so honored to be in the house this morning and just be sharing with you. I do have what I feel like is um, something um, exciting on the inside of me, and um, so I'm excited to get it out to you this morning. How many of you enjoyed the Heaven series? It's been very, um, it's been a very intriguing series, and uh, Pastor Stephen started off um, kind of describing heaven, and, and then in week two, uh, he taught us, um, he did heaven versus hell. How many of you were here for week two? How many of you have ever heard a subject or even taught on hell that you weren't scared? Because <laughs> I grew up, um, I don't know how many of you grew up um, watching movies. Did you, anybody ever go to youth group and watch that movie? What's it called? The what? Um, the Thief in the Night. Anybody ever say Thief in the Night? Anybody ever get saved after Thief in the Night? Thank you, friend. I feel like there was another one, the cross and the switchblade. Maybe that. Anybody get saved after crossing the switchblade? So you got, me and Winnie, we got saved twice. Um, and, and so a lot of times what we've done is we've taken the subject of heaven and we've made it mysterious. And none of us really know. We kind of, uh, we did a little bit of a survey with friends and just people that were kind of stopping to the office. And we would ask people what they thought about heaven. And they would be like, oh, it's going to be great. We're just going to be up there and just like kind of like singing and like singing. Like, I mean, and so people have these ideas. And a lot of times, even at funerals, you hear people say, oh, Jesus needed one more angel. And we're going to be like angels flying up there. And, and, then, and then we hear about hell and, and, and we, we just get scared. But one thing that I loved about it is, is that we, I feel like we got truth. We got, we got a lot of truth. And Pastor Stephen, he shared some things on hell that I had never heard before. Um, you know, so many times I wrote this down that we avoid subjects that we're afraid of or we thought that we, that we don't understand, that we, we avoid those subjects. And, you know, I, I heard this. I heard Lisa Bevere say this the other day. She said, truth without love is mean, but love without truth is a lie. Truth without love is mean. But love with no truth is a lie. And I feel like sometimes as believers, we hear things or we assume things and there's really no truth in them and there's no reality. I know for me, even hearing Hannah, how many of you got to be here and hear Hannah last week? It was, it was a, it was a, you had to wear your big girl panties for that service. And, 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 and you, and you have, because here's the thing, it was, it was informational. It was very intriguing. And I was trying to take it all in because a lot of times, uh, I don't know how you, if you, how you heard it, but a lot of times we think when we, when we die and we go to heaven, that that's, that's your spinal destination, but you can read through scripture and we encourage you, listen, we don't want you to just take our word for things. We want you to dig into the word yourself. If you have questions, questions, if you have thoughts, we're open to you even emailing us and having conversations with you. But we want you to know the, know the word. But a lot of times we think, well, we're just going to go to heaven and we're just going to stay up there. That's actually not true. When you die, your body goes into the earth, your spirit goes into heaven. And when Christ returns, it says we're all raised up. And then we, he creates a new heaven and a new earth where you rule and reign and you have relationships and you have homes and you do life. Don't you love that? And she encouraged us last week. And I don't know how many of you caught this at the very end or she kind of weaved it through there. But one of the things that she said that I thought was so amazing is, is that what you do here on earth and the things that you do for the kingdom of God and how you establish the kingdom of God in your life and the, and the gifts and callings that he's given given you and what you do with those gifts and callings depend on how you get to enjoy your earth, your life on the hereafter. 
So if, if I have a really big mansion and you have a shack, I'm sorry. I'm just teasing. That was supposed to be funny. But do you know that you get to, you know that you get to determine the life that you live in the new heaven and the new earth? And, and that's why it's interesting to me. That's why it says he's up preparing a place for you in heaven, which he's in preparation by watching what you do on, he, on earth, preparing what he'll prepare for you. Isn't that awesome? Amen. So this morning, I'm going to just get started. Um, I'm, I, I want to ask you a question. And everyone, um, th- I'm giving you permission real quick to take out your cell phone. Some of you already have them out. Um, so if you have your cell phone, you can take it out. And I want to ask this quick question. How many, since you pulled in the parking lot, pulled in the parking lot of church, have received, some, have received some form of communication since you've pulled in the parking lot? Whether it's an email, whether it's a text message, whether if it's a notification that someone's uh, tagged you in a picture, whether it's a Snapchat, something. How many of you received some form of communication since you've got into this building? That's pretty much all of us. Uh, um, And and so I I wanted to pose this thought to you. There are 60 seconds in a... Okay, you can talk about it. There are 60 seconds in a... 24 hours in a... And 168 hours in a week. And we get to spend one hour and 30 minutes with you if you're on time. And I know, and you know, because one thing that, that as a team we talk about a lot is, is we're not, we know your hearts. We, we have the honor and the privilege of getting to know a lot of you on a personal level. Maybe not super intimate, but we, we've had conversations with you. Maybe we've been in small groups with you. Maybe we've experienced life with you. In some, so, so one of the things we know as a team is that we pretty much know your hearts, because a lot of you attend here, or you're, you're serving, or you're helping. And so we know that as we prepare for at the movies, that your heart is not disconnected from the vision. We, we know that your heart is to see people come to know Christ. And we know that your heart is to help get people into the kingdom. But one thing that we also know that we're all fighting for in this world is time. How many sitting here right now, today, if you think about your week, next week, you're figuring out how to squeeze it all in with the amount of time you have? Okay. How many of you know that time is the most precious commodity that we have? I do. And, and, and so I know this. I know that if you've been at Coastal for any period of time, that you've heard us talk about growth track, and growth track takes, and I know that if you've been at Coastal for any period of time, you've heard us talk about small groups, and they take, and I know that if you've been at Coastal for ever, any period of time, you've heard about dream team, and that takes, and today we're going to ask you to do one more thing, and that takes, it all takes time. And I'm very, 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 intrigued because we're all trying to fight for time. Because not only am I going to do something at the very end of service and give you an invite card, I'm going to ask you to spend with the person that you bring. 
and to make sure that they get on the path that God has for their life. So I'm going to take you to a portion of scripture that Pastor Stephen started out with. It's been our core scripture, our main scripture throughout um, this series of heaven. I had never read this piece of scripture before in Ecclesiastes. Can I be very transparent? I've never even read the entire book of Ecclesiastes all the way through until yesterday. I'm very intrigued by the book of Ecclesiastes. <laughs> and, uh, and in reading the book of Ecclesiastes, it's written by King Solomon. And the most, uh, the most information that we know about King Solomon is this, is that it says that he's the what man on the earth? He was the wisest man on the earth. How many of you know, and, and if, you, if you've ever read Ecclesiastes, you would, you would be a little hard-pressed to figure it all out because he's the wisest man, but it doesn't seem, it seems that he could be almost the most confused man. And, and in my commentary, when I began to read it, it was almost like they said this, I was sharing this with Hannah before I walked out. It's like, anybody ever get a chocolate bunny for Easter? Only a couple of you had the Easter bunny show up at your house. Okay. Um, so it's like getting a chocolate bunny at Easter, and then you bite into the chocolate bunny, and it's hollow. Anybody? Don't buy a hollow chocolate Easter bunny. <laughs> That's like a ripoff. And, 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 and so the reality of it is, 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 is Solomon, Solomon was and a lot of turmoil within himself because God granted him wisdom, but he didn't walk it out in his own life. Funny story. So yesterday, does anybody hate wasps? Okay, I hate wasps, okay? Now, I'm not allergic to anything, but I hate wasps. So um, I've never been stung by a wasp ever, ever, ever until two weeks ago, um, when there was a wasp on um, one of our trees, and I, I tried to do something really dumb. I'm not even going to tell you what you, I did because you'll think that the blonde hair is real and it's really not. Um, so, so, so then yesterday, I'm on my screen and porch, and I'm studying, and I walk outside. I was just, I had been studying, and I just kind of wanted to walk around. Actually, my Fitbit told me to stand up, or my iWatch told me to stand up, so I stood up and just was walking around. So I walked around outside, and all these wasps were like swarming all around this one area up in front of our porch. So I just kind of needed a break, so um, I walked out past she was outside. I said, hey, do we have any wasp killer out here? And he's like, no, we don't have it. So I got my keys and went over to Ace Hardware. And what's that guy's name? Jefferson. Yeah, thanks. Jefferson. Anybody know Jefferson if you live in Manio? Oh, all of y'all. Jefferson. So anyway, so, so here's the deal. So, Je so I said to Jefferson, I said, Jefferson, I got some wasps. He's, he said, okay, you know, buy one, get one free. I'm like, man. So I go home, and so Jefferson says, hey, um, hey, Tiff, I just want to give you a little piece of information. He said, um, why don't you wait till the evening time to spray the wasps? He said, because what they typically do is they'll congregate, and then you can get them all, but if you go home and do it right now, they're, you're, you're going to kill a couple of them, but you're going to make them all ticked off, and they're just going to all around. So I left there. And I had a conversation with myself on the way home. Does anybody ever have conversations with yourselves? This is how this conversation went on the way home. I hear you, Jefferson. I hear you. And I know that's some good wisdom that you just gave me, but I am ticked off 
at these wasps. So I'm going to go home, and I'm not going to listen to what you say. I'm going to blast these suckers. Like, I'm riding home. I'm riding home talking to Jefferson, but he's not in the car. And I'm telling him my plan of attack. So I get home, and I stand on a chair, because they're up in the east. <laughs> and I start spray. They start freaking out, man. They're like swarming me. I'm like, drop the can. I'm running, taking cover. I don't even know if I got all of them or not, but I, I ended up like holding the can, but spraying the entire house. Like I was like, you know, like when you're in this But how many of you know I got wisdom, but I didn't walk out the wisdom that I had in my own life? And Solomon is, he is the wisest man on the earth, but he is disturbed by the course of life and the things that he has in life. And even how he doesn't take the wisdom that God's granted him and pursue it through his own life. So in reading this scripture has been our context scripture throughout this entire series on heaven. We have found it in a turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. So if you have your Bibles, open them up. It's okay. Ecclesiastes um, is right after um, Psalms and then Proverbs and Song of Solomon and then Ecclesiastes. Am I right when I say that? Hopefully. Um, it's right around there. And Okay. So, so anyway, so go to Ecclesiastes, and I'm going to start in chapter 3. Because in this scripture that Pastor Stephen has made our context where it says eternity, remember when he shared it with us, he said the eternity is in the heart of what? Okay. Eternity, who was here? <laughs> eternity, and in Ecclesiastes 3, chapter 11, the key scripture has been eternity or heaven is in the heart of every single man. And so I have been contemplating and turning around with inside of me. If eternity is in the heart of every man, how come we don't live this earth with urgency of eternity? And the reality of it is, is it's all about time. Because we think we have it or we think we don't have enough of it. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3. How many of you are in your 40s in this room? Anybody 40s, 40s, 40s? How many of you remember Footloose? All I can think about is Wren and the little town that he was in saying, and there is a time to dance. Okay, I'll, I'm just by myself when I say that. <laughs> Footloose was a classic in my era. Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I'm going to start here in verse 1, and I'm going to read out the New Living Translation. For everything there is a season... A what? When the word comes to time, just say it with me. A time for every activity under where? Interesting. There's that word time and the word heaven. A what? To be born and a? To die. A what? To plant and a? To harvest. A time? People are afraid. It's okay. A, a what? To kill and a? To heal. A? To tear down and a? To build up, a, to cry, and a, to laugh, a time, oops, I'm sorry, a, to grieve, and a, to dance, come on, a time to scatter stones, and a, to gather stones, a what, to embrace, and a, to turn away, a what, to search, and a, to quit searching, a what, to keep, and a, 
to throw away, a to, whoops, I'm sorry, a to tear down, and a to mend, a what? To be quiet, and a to speak, a to love, and a to hate, a for war, and a for peace. Now, hold on with me. This is Solomon talking after he talks about all the stages of life and the time that we're given on earth. What do people really get for all their hard work? Anybody ever drive to work and say, why do I do this day in and day out? Are you laughing? You know, laughing is an indication of truth. What do I get for all this hard work? I have seen, listen, the burden that God has placed on us all. The burden of what? The burden of? And that we have a short period of it. I have seen the burden that God has placed on us all, yet he has made everything beautiful in its own now listen, I, I, I'm, I, I'm searching, I'm, I'm, in, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit yesterday, and I'm, I'm trying to understand what is it that Solomon is trying to tell us in this. He goes through all these things of time, and he says, what is it with all this time anyway? And we feel the burden of time. And then he says this, then he makes that statement that says, it says, yet God has made everything beautiful which tells me what he's saying is, is no matter what season you're in, you can find the good in the season. And then he goes on to say in verse 11, he, yet God, has made everything beautiful in his own time, for he has planted, what? In the human heart. In some translations, it says he's planted eternity in every, say every. Look at your neighbor and say you. Other neighbor, say you. Tap somebody on the shoulder, say you. He's planted eternity in the heart of every single human being on this earth which means that every single person on this earth knows that there's something beyond this time. Which gives us a reason that there's so much discontentment, there's so much yearning of those who are lost and dying because they know that there's something, because there is something within all of us that knows that eternity is placed within the heart of man. In the commentaries of Ecclesiastes, it says this, we can never be truly satisfied with earth's pleasures and pursuits. We have been created in his likeness and his image. See, if the enemy cannot get you to buy into the lies that he has for you, he will do the next best thing he can do to you, and that is distract you. That is distract you. Now I'm going to go a little scientific on you real quick. Anybody ever been hungry? 
How many is hungry right now? <laughs> so check this out. Hunger pains. Now I'm talking, now, now listen. See, see, the enemy knows that the majority, I'd say 99, maybe 98% of us in this room have received Christ as our personal savior. So he can no longer lie to us about our eternity. But what he could do is he could distract us with the purpose of the eternity that's within our hearts. Now, here's the deal. You, about three-fourths of you or half of you said you were hungry. Hunger pains, listen to this, usually begin between 12 and 24 hours after the last ingestion of food. A single hunger contraction only lasts about 30 seconds. So hold on if you have one right now. And the pains, now check this out, the pains continue for about 30 to 45 minutes. Then the hunger subsides for about 30 to 150 minutes. 150 minutes. Have you ever wondered why you don't feel after you haven't eaten for a long period of time. Like if you waited out, if, if you've ever been super duper hungry and it's past the time of being hungry and then you're like, I'm, anybody ever said this? I'm not even hungry anymore. Am I the only person? Usually Hannah says that all every day. I'm not even hungry anymore. So, 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 so th- 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 this is interesting. After, after you ignore your hunger pains in your own natural body for a while, anybody like science? After you ignore the hunger pains in your body for for a while, your body produces something called adrenaline and cortisol. Am I saying that right, Amy? Okay. Your body produces a chemical called adrenaline and cortisol. And it causes your body to increase in stress. So after you've ignored your hunger pains and you're no longer hungry, your body is now producing a chemical within yourself that induces stress. Essentially, your body gets so stressed out and anxious to the point of ignoring hunger pains. I wa- Hold on with me one second. I wonder if that's why the enemy tries his best to keep us distracted from eating the word of God so that we will become, say it, stressed out and full of what? Anxiety. Isn't it amazing that the same thing that happens to you physically is the same thing that the enemy reproduced and can happen to you spiritually? Spiritually. Now, now. Can you tell I'm excited about this? I thought about this yesterday. How many, how many people in this room, me included, have ever said, I just need some rest? Right? Bo and Kayla are back there. They have a newborn. Everybody say, you need some sleep. Huh? Yeah. Oh, she, Stephen said, not Bo. Just Kayla. <laughs> now, now, Listen. We've all said we needed rest. We said, if I could just get some rest, check this out. If I can just get some rest, I'll be satisfied. Anybody ever said those words? If I can just, 
But the reality of it is, is that's not even true. That's actually not true at all. If you get satisfied, you'll get, oh, come on. Go with me. Stretch your brain a little bit. Like, has anybody ever had a big, a big meal at Thanksgiving? Yeah. Or anybody grow up here? If you grew up, I feel like in the Outer Banks, your mama made you a roast and carrots and potatoes and brown rice and rolls on Sunday. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. That's how Stephen grew up. Um, so, so, so anyway, how, how many of you, after, after you eat a big, huge meal, someone has to tell you to calm down? Nobody has to tell you, nobody has to, tell you to calm down. N- nobody has to tell you to calm down. Most of the time after you eat a big meal, you sit on that couch in front of the football game or in front of the Hallmark Channel or whatever gets your goat and you just lay there in some lethargic, half-waking position with drool coming out the side of your mouth because you're satisfied. Because you're satisfied. And I'm wondering... If the enemy is trying to keep you so dissatisfied and so wrung up and stressed that you don't have time to read the word and you don't realize that the only thing that will satisfy your anxiety and your stress is the word of God. So I'm, I'm going to take you and just a, like mm, one, two, three, four, five, six, six scripture marathon. Don't have to turn there. Don't have to flip the pages. They're going to be up on the screen. Write them down. Write them down. Write them down. If there, listen, if you have been stressed or you have anxiety or irritation, you have to write these down. You have to write these down because guess what? I, 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 I wrote this down. I wonder, I wonder, I know that you care about people that are lost and dying and going to hell, right? Do you guys care? If you care, raise your hand. If you care that someone that you know might go to hell, raise your hand. If you don't, then you should smack them. Here's the, if I know that you care, so care is not, the care is not, is not the, is not the thing that I'm trying to stir up in you. Sometimes, you know, even yesterday I questioned my own self, what am I trying to get them to do? What am I trying to amp you up about? What am I trying to wake you up about? What, what am I trying to do? But the reality of it is, is you're all afraid because you don't have enough time. You're all scared because you're thinking, I gotta got do this. My kids call my name. I gotta pack lunches. I gotta get to soccer practice. I gotta get to volleyball practice. I gotta get to dance. I gotta get to baseball. I gotta I gotta bake some cookies. I gotta 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 gotta. Don't you dare ask me to bring someone to church. I don't got time. You want me to be their friend on top of it? So it's not about your heart. It's about your time. And I wrote this down. I wonder if the problem is that we could be so earthly-minded that we're no heavenly good. Because all of this consumes your... And you wonder why you're not satisfied because all you're doing is filling it up with this. And you walk around stressed out. Nobody really wants to be a Christian if they hang out with you anyway. Because really, you just act like them. They're wondering what the difference is, because there really isn't no difference. The only reality is, is you're going to heaven, and if they don't know Jesus, they're going to hell. 
Psalms, chapter 90, verse 14 out of the New Living Translation. <laughs> First word, say it. Satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so that we may sing of the joy to the end of our lives. Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise him. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. And may I never, what? Forget the good things he has done for me. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. And he redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with and my youth is renewed like the eagles. Put up verse 5 in, in, in Amplified. Who what? Come on. Who what? Satisfies your mouth, your necessity, and the desires of your personal age and situation with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Proverbs 19.23. The reverent, worshipful, I'm sorry, worshipful fear of the Lord leads to a life. He who has it rests satisfied. Isn't it interesting that Rest is before the satisfied. And he cannot be visited. I'm sorry, keep on going. Next verse. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11 out of the Amplified. And the Lord shall guide you continually. And what? You in drought and in dry places and make, your strong, make strong your bones. And you shall be like water gardens and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. Matthew chapter 5. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous <laughs> in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who what? And thirst for righteousness. Last verse, Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. Blessed, I'm sorry, and my God will liberally what? Supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches and Christ Jesus. He will satisfy you. I wonder if the pursuit of money, popularity, power, pleasure, prestige, Keep us all from living the life we are meant to live. Or maybe, just maybe, we might look at the life of Paul and see something here in the verse that Pastor Stephen and even Hannah touched on where Paul says this. Because in the midst, sometimes for me, in the midst of a verse that seems so important where Paul says, for me to die is gain, but this earth is it's, it's much more profitable. And I thought about it. What he did is he said, for me to die would be actually better. But for me to stay on this earth, he doesn't profit from it. You profit from it. Do you realize that the reality of it is, is you're not meant to profit from yourself living on this earth. Other people are meant from, to profit from the thing that you're called to do on earth. The, re the reality of it is, is we're not to live on this earth for ourselves. The reality of it is, is he puts you on earth for someone else. 
In the moment that you come into the kingdom and you have a realization of Jesus Christ and you're saved and born again, it's no longer about you. It's about those that don't know him and they get to know him through you. But if we're not careful, we'll pursue these world's things and we'll lose sight of the heaven to come. And Philippians, in chapter 1, Paul says something and surrounds these verses of Scripture where he says, for me to die is gain, but for me to stay is more profitable. And he starts off, so let's act like, let's act like this is about us. Say, this is us. Okay, so here's the thing. This is, pretend like you're part of the Philippian church because to be real honest, we are the church. So these books were written to us, for us, for the life that we live right now. So let's pretend like I'm talking to you and we're all in this together. Philippians chapter 1, New Living Version. Now I'm going to skip around in just the first chapter and I'm going to read verses 3 through 6. Here we go. Every time, this is me talking to you, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray and make requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading what? About Christ from the time. So here's the thing. What he's saying. You've been what? Partners with me in spreading the what? The good news. And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finished on the day of what? On the day of when we go to heaven. So what he's saying is, is you've partnered with me. He's talking to them. He's at, he's at a house jail. He, he's stuck there, and he's writing this letter to them, and he's saying, oh, my God, since I first, since I first shared with you, Dave, remember in the early parts of Coastal Family Church, remember, remember when me and Stephen and you and Kamala, we had like five people that came here, and remember we used to talk about that kind of stuff? Remember that? Remember that, Dave? We used to say, oh, man, we're going to teach them about healing and the goodness. Remember that? Remember that? Remember that Shannon, Christy, and remember when you thought, oh man, we can make a difference in teachers' lives. Remember that? Remember that? Remember that Kenzie and Tommy when you thought, oh man, if we can just reach JV and high school students and we, we, we could just win them off for Jesus. Remember that? He's saying from the very beginning, we partnered with time. Remember, M, when you were in college, your very first year, and you called me almost every day crying. Please let me come home. And I'd say to you, send you scripture after scripture. God has a plan for your life. Heck no, don't come home. Someone needs to know Jesus. They're going to know Jesus through you, Em. Remember that, Em? He's stirring them up. Remember, JR, how God sent you here, like all the way from Ohio, done. We're from Ohio, and it just makes sense. Remember how when you were in a rough time, one night you stayed at our house? Remember that? Not coincidence. Just God. Remember that? He stirred him up saying, I gave you this. I, we, 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 I told you about Christ. And now it's in you. What are you going to do? I'm stuck in prison. I'm not stuck in prison, but I'm stuck in an office. I don't know your friends. And he goes on in verse 12, and he says this. And I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, 
that everything that's happened to me has helped spread the what? Man, I went through that rough time financially, man. I thought, how are we going to get through that? Man, my marriage was on the brinks. Man, we went to counseling, and Pastor Tiffany just kept getting on my nerves. She just kept telling me, do the word, do the word, do the word. Man, my body was sick. Pastor Stephen just kept sending me scriptures, telling me to get in that healing small group. Man, everything that I've been through, all of a sudden has helped me, helped me spread the word. And then it goes on. Skip over to 20. For I fully, for I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. But I will continue to be what? For Christ. As long as I've been in the past and, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. Whether I live or die, it doesn't matter. For me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Because if I live, I, I can only do more fruitful work for Christ. So I don't know which one is really better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, especially after I heard about heaven. But for your sakes. I did it for your sakes. I met with you for your sakes. I helped you for your sakes. We prayed for you for your sakes. Whose sake is it about now? Whose sake? Whose sake do you care about? He said, I chose this. I could have went to heaven. Could have went. Stuck in stinking jail. Could have went on. But for your sakes, I stayed. In verse 25, he says, Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. Read 24. For your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. You like it, Dad, don't you? In 27, it says this. I'm going to set you up for next week. Above all, say above all. You must live as what? Aware? <laughs> Not of your own earth. You are on earth, but you are citizens of a much higher calling. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven. Read the next word so I don't have to say it. Say it out loud. Look at your neighbor and say conducting. Conducting yourselves in a manner that's what? That's what? You say it. Worthy. Are you conducting yourself in a manner that's worthy of the good news of Jesus Christ? Then whether I 
hang out with you or I don't hang out with you, whether I show up at your job or don't show up at your job, whether I go to your neighborhood, whether I don't go to your neighborhood, whether we see each other this week or we don't see each other this week, I will hear about you and I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good, good news.